On March 21, the Apache Stronghold's case against the proposed Resolution Copper Mine was reopened. The legal battle is over a proposed copper mine in Oak Flat, which sits just southeast of Metro Phoenix. The land sits on top of the world's largest undeveloped copper reserves in the world. The mine, if allowed to go forward, would produce an estimated 40 billion pounds of copper over the next four decades. This is according to Rio Tinto, a global mining corporation of which Resolution Copper is a subsidiary. But the land is sacred to the San Carlos Apache tribe. For them, this land was and is a blessed place where the Gon, who are messengers between the people and Usan, the creator, dwell. Tribal members say that Oak Flat is a physical cornerstone of their religious beliefs. We were told that this place here would forever be protected. You get a foreign mining company, foreign stockholders, they really control this place of America. This place is full of historical um, belongings to all of us. When it comes to indigenous people, you can't separate the religion from the environment because this is our tools. This is where we um, get all our resources to conduct our ceremonies. So you can't separate it. With the Oak Flat movement and the, being it religious, it's brought out the ugliness of what's happened to our people and how the deceit of how America was founded. A genocide on our religion and our identity. And like I said, that coincides with the environment because you can't separate the two. They want to erase that we've even existed here for corporate greed. If they continue to rape Mother Earth, we're left with nothing. Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. Each week, we take a closer look at the politics that affect your life. I'm Mary Jo Pitzel, and I cover state politics. And I'm Ron Hansen. I cover national politics. Today, we're discussing the battle over Oak Flat and how a fight for religious freedom will have repercussions throughout the nation. We're joined by Deborah Kroll, Indigenous Affairs reporter here at the Republic. Deb, welcome to The Gaggle. Thanks. So, Deb, let's start with some background. This case has been going on for quite some time now, and a three-judge federal panel initially ruled in favor of the mining company. Deb, you've been covering this lawsuit since the beginning. Catch us up on what the initial suit was all about. Well, the initial lawsuit, which was filed in January 2021, said that Apache strongholds, and by extension the Apache people's, First Amendment religious rights would be violated should Oak Flat be subsumed into a two-mile-wide, thousand-foot-deep crater as the mine progressed. So why is the case being reopened now, given that ruling? The full Ninth Circuit is seeking to reconcile two different approaches to protecting religious rights, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, or RIFRA, and the Religious Land Use and Incarcerated Persons Act, or RLUPA, and how the courts have interpreted them. So if they apply RIFRA, Apaches would automatically lose because of how that law has been interpreted in the past. However, they wouldn't necessarily lose if they applied RLUPA to the suit, as a lot of the amicus briefs had called for. Thus, they need, they need to figure out what they're going to do. 
Deb, help us understand a little bit more fundamentally about what Oak Flat means to the Apache tribe. And I guess what I really want to know is how much of what has happened to this point reflects perhaps an ignorance about the cultural significance, the religious significance to the tribe versus others who have no ties to that area or to those peoples. Well, Oak Flat is one of the Apache people's most sacred places. It's one of the principal homes of the Gan, or mountain spirits, the holy people who are the messengers to Usen, or God. There's several altars located there and places where men would hold sweat ceremonies. And this is interesting to note that they're still holding ceremonies there. After an interregnum of about 75 years, when Apache people were not allowed to leave San Carlos Reservation. The Nosy family and some of the other families revived a lot of this when they were allowed to leave, and they they started holding sweat lodges. They started holding religious ceremonies. They hold sunrise dances, which are the the coming-of-age ceremony for young Apache girls, and there are other things that they do there. There's also the Emery Oak Groves, which are a principal source of food for Apaches, Yavapais, Othams, and other Southwestern peoples. And as to your other question, Ron, I would say, yes, there continues to be this subconscious or sometimes conscious bias against Native religious practices. Back in the late 19th century, there was actually a law passed that forbade any Native religious practices. And that's when they they passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act which sought to repeal that older ban on religious practices and restore native religious practices. But there's still a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of misperceptions about native religions, which nearly all tend to be land-based or based on certain sacred places and other forms of, of religious practices where if you needed to move your church, you simply move the physical facility. Give us a sense of how many people for whom Oak Flat has a religious significance. How many Apaches are there? There's at least between the seven Apache tribes, 40 to 50,000 Apache people. Between the four Otham tribes, there's about another 40,000 people. We have the Yavapais, who are not nearly as numerous, maybe two or 3,000. Ancillary tribes. Of course, the Hopis have claimed the entire state as part of their cultural patrimony, and there's about 15,000 Hopis. So it is actually a pretty significant number of Native people. And not all of them, of course, are practicing Apache religion, but a good number of them are. It's also a place of cultural significance to some of the other tribes, although it doesn't have that strong religious connotation that it does to Apache people. Deb, this property has been highly sought for the mining industry for some time. What do they intend to use it for, and why should the rest of us care? Well, Resolution Copper, you know, they're a copper mining company. They want copper, and that's what they want out of the site is to mine for copper, which, of course, will make them money because they are a for-profit company. What this means for other people is that they have promised that they are going to hire a lot of local people. And when I met with them last year, they said these will not just be sweep the floor jobs. 
that they are actively looking for people to train to be miners. You know, mining is not just a pickaxe or driving a truck career anymore. Mining has become very technical. So if you become a miner, that means you have to have some knowledge of, of, of computers. You have to know how, how, to, how to write code. You have to know how, how to work um, highly sophisticated um, internet technology. And should that mine fold up and blow away, which mines inevitably do, you will presumably have a skill that you can take to other careers later on. And so basically it's all it's all about, you know, let's let's get that copper out of the ground, let's make some money. So let's situate this a little bit for our listeners. Oak Flat is just east of the town of Superior, off of the US 60, and the land in question is part of Apache tribal territory. In addition to being a sacred site, as you've already explained, it also is very rich biologically. You talked about the Emory Oak, but tell us a little more about what that area looks like from a biological standpoint and what that means to the tribe. It's, it's one of Arizona's remaining riparian zones. There's a year-round water source at Oak Flat that wildlife use, that people use, that recreation people use. There's a lot of endemic plants in that area. Oaks take a lot of water. So any place you see oak trees, that means there's a good, strong groundwater source. There are some endangered plants in that area, and Resolution said they're going to help preserve those, as well as preserve the emery oak. And we already talked about how the emery oak is a principal source of food for a lot of southwestern tribes. A lot of people still go there in the early fall and harvest the acorns for supplemental purposes, not for principal dietary purposes. And physically, it's surrounded by these other, like Patchy Leap, Picket Post Mountains, and some of the other mountains. So it makes this nice little enclosed area of green and lushness in an otherwise kind of semi-arid environment of the upper portion of the desert. So, Deb, if part of the appeal of Oak Flat is that year-round water source, what kind of effect would a mine have on that, and is that factoring into the litigation? It's not factoring into the litigation that's in play right now. You have to also note that there are also two other lawsuits waiting in the wings, one filed by the San Carlos Apache tribe and the other filed by a coalition of environmentalists, the Arizona Coalition for Responsible Mining and some of those other groups. They are awaiting the reissuance of the final environmental impact statement, which was rescinded by Joe Biden after he took office. As we all know, then-President Donald Trump had issued it five days before the end of his term, which set off a 60-day clock during which the congressionally mandated land swap could take place. So as back to the water situation, if the mine, if the mine goes forward, Oak Flat will be no more. It may take as long as 20, 30, or even 40 years. It probably won't take that long because if that land starts subsiding, the water goes away. The, the underground water source that feeds that will either have to be diverted by the mine or will be cut off by the falling rock. So there will be no more water source. There will be no place for wildlife to come. There will be no more recreation. There will certainly be no more altars and no more places to worship. 
Give us a sense of some of the topography and, and its significance as it exists today versus what it might look like in the future that you were just outlining. Well, Apache Leap, which is the mountain west of Oak Flatten and which Superior nestles against, the mining company has promised it will be preserved because it's also a place of cultural and historic significance. It's a place where Apache warriors had thrown themselves off and killed themselves rather than be captured. And so they're willing to preserve Apache Leap, even though it has no religious significance, it has a cultural and historical significance. And some of the other mountains, Wensler Nosey, who's the head of Apache Stronghold, has talked about a lot of the cultural significance of the mountains that surround Oak Flat, even though they will most likely not be disturbed by the crater. It's the crater itself that is causing the deep concern between Apache peoples and the environmentalists and other people who like to use that campground as a recreation area. So you've talked about the religious significance and the cultural significance of it. Let's talk about what those who are not part of that tribal culture, what is perhaps at stake for them. And that is the legal issues this presents. What does this mean for the scope of religious freedom in this country as these cases are being litigated? It's really interesting to note how many religious organizations have filed amicus briefs. There's a lot of religions that consider themselves as being in the crosshairs, just as they perceive Apache stronghold and the Apache religion is in the crosshairs. They are fearing that religious freedom in this country is declining rather than being upheld. And they see this as a litmus test for what would happen to their religion, particularly religions that people think of as quote unquote dangerous, like the Muslims, people who some religions that people don't see as actually being religions. They are all fearing that they could be next. On the other hand, just to be fair and balanced, one justice had made the point that if the court rules on behalf of Apache Stronghold, does this mean that any person who says, I have a sincere religious belief, can stop anything? That's always a question. I would think that they would say that there would have to be an actual religion, but we'll, we'll see what they say. I think that's the best thing. Given the religious implications here, and I know this is going before the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, but does this have U.S. Supreme Court written all over it eventually? I think no matter what happens, somebody's going to appeal it to, the, to SCOTUS. Whether SCOTUS takes it up is another question, because as we all know, they take up very, very few cases. But the current makeup of SCOTUS, you know, Supreme Court, who knows? They might take it up just because. They took up Navajo Nation's water suit. You know, why would they not take up a religious freedom suit? This has all been a political hot potato for a long time now. How did Rio Tinto gain access to these lands in the first place? Well, let's back up to the Eisenhower administration. That administration had taken Oak Flat and enacted what they call a mining withdrawal, which is basically a ban against any further mining. The area has been mined for copper and other metals for 100 years. That all stopped at the time of that mining ban. But around the turn of the century, Rio Tinto and its subsidiary, Resolution Copper, was looking for new places to delve for copper. 
and they knew that there was a large deposit left to be gathered down there. So starting in 2004, they went to Congress every year and tried to get a bill passed to take that land out of the mineral withdrawal, being as it's part of Tano National Forest, and give it to them in return for some other environmentally sensitive lands what they had bought up to offer as a swap. And every year it failed. So finally, in December of 2014, Senator John McCain and presumably some other Congress people got together, attached a writer to a must-pass defense bill with no debate and no way for anyone to say no, and it passed. So ever since December of 2014, this whole question has been up. You know, we, we, know, we know it's congressionally mandated, and we know that within 60 days of the final environmental impact statement being issued, that the Forest Service has to consummate the deal. So what everyone's trying to do now, who is opposed to it, is figure out some way to stop it. In addition to this lawsuit and the two that are waiting for the new environmental impact statement to be issued, there's also been an ongoing effort in Congress to repeal the land swap. And last session, it almost made it to the House floor, but Raul Grijalva, the congressman who has been pushing for this, had to withdraw it when he realized he didn't have enough votes. Oak Flat now falls under Republican Congressman Eli Crane's jurisdiction. You've written about this issue. How does Crane, who is a freshman in Washington, how does he view this issue? I'd love to tell you, but he hasn't told me yet. I do have an ongoing question into his staff, and there is an ongoing request for a personal interview with him, neither of which have been fulfilled yet, but they keep telling me that they're going to. So we don't know. Well, Deb, thanks for coming on The Gaggle. We'll have you back after you hear from Crane. Where can people follow you on social media? You can follow me at Deb Kroll. That's Deb, D-E-B-K-R-O-L. Think of K-R-O-L's an old-fashioned radio station and you won't go wrong. Roger that. (laughs) That is it for this week, Gaggle listeners. Stay on top of the latest on Oak Flat and other political news at azcentral.com. Do you have questions you want us to answer or topics you want us to cover? Reach out to us at thegaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's one word all spelled out. Or give us a call at 602-444-0804. If you like the show, please leave us a review and share it with a friend. To make sure you never miss an episode, follow The Gaggle on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. And you can follow me on Twitter at Mary J. Pitzel. That's P-I-T-Z-L. The editor and producer of today's episode is Kaylee Monahan. You can follow her at Kaylee Monahan. That's K-A-E-L-Y-M-O-N-A-H-A-N. Thanks for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.